What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the TSK Show, Jacob and I hold it down while Tyler unfortunately could not make it this week. We are going to recap the NBA trade deadline and we'll preview NBA All-Star Weekend, which is set to kick off Friday night. To close the show, we'll update everyone with how the Mookie Betts deal became official as it came pretty close to falling through after already being announced. All right. Let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom sports. Kingdom sports. What's going on, Jacob? How you doing, man? I'm good. You know, welcome back to another uh, episode of the TSK Show. Yeah, man. Another episode, episode 130. We're getting up there. Yeah, man. It's pretty crazy. Crazy to think that Tyler and I started this uh, whole little adventure. It's been, what, two years? Two and a half? Uh, almost two and a half, yeah. It was September 2017. Well, we got to do something for the three-year anniversary when that comes up. Yeah, we got, we definitely got some time to plan that. Yeah, we'll think of something. Yeah. but Maybe, maybe we have a special guest or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we're also 20 episodes away from 150, so that's oh, pretty so crazy. Then, yeah, we got to do something for that, too. Definitely. But, all right, it's an exciting time in sports. It's... NBA trade deadline. Football just ended. I know the XFL kicked off this past weekend. Did you watch any of the games? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I watched a little bit of the XFL defenders. Uh, I watched a little bit of the game that Pat McAfee called just because I'm a huge Pat McAfee guy. I wanted to see him do his thing on the sideline. Um, It was... Yeah what, yeah, what do you think? It was cool. Like, how does it compare to the NFL? It was better than the AAF, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to compare it to the NFL quite yet, <laughs> okay. but it was better than the maybe, AAF. Maybe in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Honestly, what I like is, like, the, there's not as much rules as there is in the NFL. So yeah. you give a lot of leeway to the players. Yeah. And some of the some of the changes, like the kickoff, I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, no point after kicks they uh have the chance to either go for one point two point or three points from different yardage uh spots on the field after scoring a touchdown so i thought that was interesting so i i think there's some promise i thought it was wild and that was no pun intended but the la wildcats fired their defensive coordinator after their first loss Jeez. in their first game looks like it's tougher in the uh, in the xfl <laughs> yeah i don't know what kind of standards uh, have been set, but clearly they're pretty high for the LA yeah, Wildcats. Oh, yeah. Honestly, even the talent level looks pretty good. Yeah. But I also didn't think we'd ever see a football team named the Dragons, but shout out the Seattle Dragons, obviously. Hey, you never know. Come on. But um, yeah, I'm 
I don't know if I'm going to watch it again this weekend, but I'd rather watch the highlights to be honest with you. Yeah. But some of them are some of the highlights are pretty exciting. One of the highlights for me definitely was when uh the Diana Rossini from ESPN was interviewing an offensive lineman from one of the teams who had just gotten a flag for a scuffle and <laughs> the guy running the dump button for the ESPN he completely was, he, he missed, was, he completely was asleep. missed the F bomb. <laughs> it was so funny. Hey, we've all done that a couple times. We work in radio, so yeah, no, <laughs> we should we, know better. Yeah, we gotta definitely keep our eye on that dump button just in case. Yeah, no, you gotta be listening all the time, no matter what. So I thought that was obviously pretty cool. So oh, I thought you were gonna say like an actual play from a game, but <laughs> I guess <laughs> no. that beats it. To be honest with you, no, that was yeah. The F bomb on live TV was definitely the highlight for me of the XFL. <laughs> But all right, let's get into the nitty-gritty. We got some NBA trade deadline stuff to talk about, some NBA All-Star Weekend stuff to talk about, and then we'll close it out with the Mookie Betts deal, which ended up being a wild week of events. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Last week we were talking about the trade deadline because it was the night before, and there was a lot of stuff going around about Andre Iguodala and so there were some even live updates on the show from Woj dropping some information about who could possibly possibly be in the trade. But ultimately, this is how the Andre Iguodala to the Miami Heat trade shook out. The Heat got Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. The Memphis Grizzlies got Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Dion Waiters, uh, who ends up getting bought out, and then also Gorgie Dang. But Memphis then turns around and sends James Johnson to Minnesota for Gorgie Dang. Jeez. So, pretty crazy. Sounds like a whole mess. (laughs) Yeah, so that's ultimately how it all shook out. But Andre Iguodala ultimately lands with the Miami Heat and... I mean, listen, he got his wish. He got to not play in Memphis, got paid while he was sitting, and then gets traded to a contender in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you, which you were already on a playoff team at the time, but now you're on a legit contender in the East, which in my opinion, they are the number three seed, which I think they are right now. But in my yeah, in my opinion, they are the number three seed they're going the in. Seed. They're the four seed right oh, now. Oh, they are. Okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, going into the playoffs, I do believe they're the third best team in the East. Yeah, and Memphis is a lot more of a fringe playoff team. I don't see them making it, to be honest with you. Yeah, and listen, a lot of people didn't see them in this position to begin with. They're currently the eighth seed right now. They're two games over five they They're eight and two in their last ten. But ultimately, Andre Iguodala, when he got shipped out of Golden State to Memphis... He was looking at Memphis as going through a rebuilding stage, and he didn't want to be a part of that. No, which is why he said what he said. And that whole scuffle between him and uh, with John Moran and Dylan Brooks, yeah. which they jotted him after the trade went through when they said, oh, we get Justice Winslow now, a player who actually wants to be with us and who's actually good. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, we said it last week. It, it's very, it's really petty on their on their behalf. But but that being said, though. Yeah, I like the pettiness, but at the end of the day, you're talking about a finals MVP. Yeah, like, that's why Iggy didn't, remember what he said, I think it was this week, he said, like, you know what, I, a lot of promise with Ja and all this other yeah, stuff. He, he tipped their hat off to them. Yeah, listen, I mean, listen, when you're in front of the media, you probably have to put on a different face and not oh, yeah. say really how you feel. Yeah, he probably said something else I later. think, yeah, but 
ultimately, Miami gets a huge contributor off the bench in Andre Iguodala. Jake, I, I Jake Crowder, Crowder yeah. yeah. Crowder's also say. a dog. And listen, Solomon Hill's not not the best, not the worst, but not too shabby. Off the bench, yeah, you probably take him. But I think Iggy and Crowder fit that identity of the Miami Heat this year. A lot of guys who just they don't, they just shut up and play, basically, you know? Yeah. This gritty, gritty defense, and that's what that team has, has been. And people who haven't watched the Miami Heat in years, Eric Spolstra's teams play defense. No yeah. matter no matter what. You go back and watch the Heatles runs. No, listen. They always play defense. Pat Riley has the Heat running like a tight he runs a tight ship. There there's no secrets about who Patrick Riley is. Patrick Riley, Pat Riley. Yeah, Pat. Well, you can you can yeah. lengthen his name if you wanted to. Yeah, Pat Riley. Who Pat Riley is, and so it. I think it's a really good fit for Iggy. I wish he came to the Lakers, but ultimately couldn't work out. Like I said before, though, I, I'm just glad he's away from the West. Yeah, I'm. I'm super glad he didn't and go to of, the Clippers and out of out of the hands of the Clippers. Yep. Yeah. So I think honestly, best case scenario for the Lakers in terms of trying to get Andre Iguodala and ultimately not getting him was him going to the West or the East, excuse me. And then also on the flip side for Memphis, adding Justice Winslow, a lot of people see a lot of potential in him. And he's still pretty young, so he fits in with that youth plan for Memphis. Exactly. So, I mean, listen, John Morant, Justice Winslow, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., that's pretty solid in my opinion. Yeah, Memphis looks good going forward. Will they be a playoff team? Like I said, I don't think so. I tip my hat off to the youth, but I don't think they can continue this until uh, the end of the season. I still think Portland sneaks in, or even San Antonio, as kind of bad as they've played, you know, through stretches. I think one of those two teams makes it, and I don't think Memphis does. Yeah, I mean, listen, two through eight in the Western Conference are separated by ten games. Yeah, we've always known that the West is very tight. Now, you look on the East side, and it's completely different. You have a team under five hundred who is in the playoffs, and there's probably three spots uh, of teams like that. Yeah, there's two teams under 500 in the East right it's now. It's the Magic and the Nets, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got the West, completely different story. And that's, that, I mean, that's probably been the story of our entire lives yeah. for the NBA. From from what I've always seen, the West is always a tougher conference to play in. Yeah. Well, speaking of the West, a trade went down big time. And we talked about it last week. We didn't, we weren't sure if this deal was going to happen or how this deal was going to get constructed yeah because the idea was always like you know the idea was flirted around us that it could happen oh i mean we we discussed it a couple weeks ago too yeah listen d'angelo russell devin booker and carl anthony towns went on the record and said all three of us want to play together at some point and now d'angelo russell and carl anthony towns two-thirds of that trio are teammates so just waiting on booker yeah, I, and I don't know how Booker is going to get to Minnesota or how D'Angelo and Cat are going to get to Phoenix or if it's going to be with a with a different team. But this trade, the Minnesota Timberwolves getting D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman from the Golden State Warriors for Andrew Wiggins and two draft picks, but... I mean, listen. Yeah, the picks don't really matter right now. Yeah, they're two. I mean, they're for twenty twenty one, and one is a top three protected first round pick. So that could turn into something, especially with the cloud over D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Of do they want to stay in Minnesota? Because 
Listen, D'Angelo Russell has been a Laker, he's been a Net, and he's been a Warrior. I don't think he's going to like being in Minnesota all that much. No, well, they barely won. What was it? Days after that, they lost 12 in a row. They won their first game since, like, November. First game with Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, okay, well, there you go. But still, that so they, they says finally, a lot. They finally broke that streak. But initially, though, when the trade went down, what was your initial thought, though? Does this work for the Warriors more, or does it work for the Timberwolves more? I think ultimately it works for the Timberwolves more because you have a point guard with a big paired together where in Golden State, it's very similar to the situation D'Angelo Russell was in with going to Golden State is we're not really sure how Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry are going to fit together. I would say he is a better fit than D'Lo would be. I would agree with that. But now, do they keep Wiggins? Yeah, that's also another question. I don't know if they keep Wiggins because I believe that that pick that they got, they're not going to draft that person. They're going to use that as trade bait. Oh, for sure. They could potentially package Wiggins with that trade too. Yeah. So, and listen, all the questions you could ask or people were asking about D'Angelo Russell's fit with Golden State, I think you can question about Andrew Wiggins' fit with the Golden State Warriors. And we're not going to see what it looks like fully for another almost year. See, that's why that's I'm saying that I don't think he stays there, nor does that pick stay there. Steph, Clay, Dre, they're already getting older. They're going to be in their 30s heading into the into next season. I'm not going to be doubting the Splash Brothers no, right no, no, now. No, no, no. I'm not saying ages, but I'm saying they have no time anymore. They want to get back to the finals. Oh, for sure. And by getting back to the finals, you can get back with that trio, but they want to add another fourth option, like what they had with KD. Will they ever get a player like KD? Probably not. But they want to come close. So by having Wiggins and having that, that pick, that's what they're going to ship off. Yeah, it's... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then, listen, we talked about it last week when we were questioning if the Warriors were going to trade D'Angelo Russell. And I said they should probably wait and see Yeah, because see you how, never know what if. Right. Probably wait and see how D'Angelo Russell fits with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So I was definitely surprised by the move. But ultimately, I wasn't surprised because D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns have been trying to play together their entire career. Well, they've been wanting to, so I really hope that it works out for them. Unfortunately, it's in a spot like Minnesota, who has been lousy the past couple years, which they did make the playoffs, what was it, last year, two years ago, and they broke that drought. Yeah. So, I mean, I I really want to see how it works out for them, but they need another piece, though. They can't just win with D'Lo and Cat. Yeah. That, to me, doesn't win you enough games to get you in the playoffs in the West. Hmm. Uh, with a full season under their belt, I think it might. Yeah, but th- those two can't do everything, and the supporting cast on that team looks really lousy. Yeah, they would definitely have to revamp the supporting cast around him. Half of it was traded away. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all... Listen, the the Timberwolves season this year is over. <laughs> well, no, clear, Same with the Warriors. Clear, well, the Warriors season was over, like, as soon as... Uh, Clay, not Clay. As soon as Steph went down, yeah. As soon as he broke his hand, it was over for them. Minnesota, they had some promise from some experts. I don't know where they got that from, <laughs> but that completely got erased once they started losing games consecutively. Yeah. But all right, the next 
trade I wanted to talk about was another name who's been rumored all season long to probably be on the move by the trade deadline because he's going into an opt-out year and clearly it wasn't working with the team he was on before, and that's Andre Drummond. Detroit sends Andre Drummond from Detroit to Cleveland. This one is the biggest head-scratcher of all the trades that happened. I think, honestly, Detroit kind of did it out of spite because, listen, Andre Drummond had been linked to teams like Atlanta, no, no, no. Boston. I don't blame I don't blame the Pistons. I blame why in the hell, if you're the Cavaliers, do you pick him up? To try and sell him on <laughs> something else? Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson no, in that no, championship no, 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 culture. No. Those three players won't win you any kind of games. I'm sorry. They won't get you into the playoffs. I don't know, man. I don't know what Cleveland's doing. That Cle- was the that was the biggest mistake they've made all season long. Yeah, and the only reason Detroit did it was to get something in return because clearly he was going to opt out and walk away anyway. Yeah, so you figured we'd get, at least get something for him. But they could have gotten something so much better. I would have even scaled down and gotten maybe a mid-level player, not, Dude, even, not somebody like Drummond. Even going back to the last trade we talked about, Minnesota and Golden State, Andrew Wiggins is a number one overall pick. D'Angelo Russell is a number two overall pick. The both of these trades could have been a lot beefier. Yeah. But what well, to be fair in Drummond's defense, he was a pretty high draft pick too. That's what I'm saying. Drummond could ultimately end up being the all-time leading rebounder in NBA history. He's like he's going to go down as an all-time great rebounder in history and he got traded for Almost nothing. A bag of rocks. He got yeah. traded for John Henson and Brandon Knight <laughs> and a 2023 20, second round pick. <laughs> Which, to people who don't know who Brandon Knight is, you go look up his failed flops and, no, and, and his mistakes. At, no, just type in DeAndre Jordan and you'll find out exactly who Brandon <laughs> Knight is. No, but even besides that video, like that's the kind of player they traded him for. And John Henson. Yeah, I mean... I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what I don't the know hell what to the, make of this trade. Exactly. I don't know what the hell the Cavs are doing. Now, the Pistons were smart. If you're not going to retain him because he's saying he doesn't want to opt in, then fine, get rid of him for something. But they barely got anything in return for him. But at least they got rid of him. But if you're the Cavs, why would you pick him up? You already have somebody in the likes of Tristan Thompson, who's very similar to him in that they're great rebounders, but they have poor offensive abilities. I wouldn't say Andre Drummond has poor offensive ability, but... It's lower than most centers. Well, I wouldn't say it's lower than most centers. It's just not what the typical center in the NBA is doing today. He's a traditional center. He's He's a traditional back you down, garbage, clean up all the rebounds, back you down in the paint, dunk on you kind kind of center. He's not... That stretch, lanky wing, be able to shoot the three. That's what I'm saying. He's kind of out of he's out of of context here because he has to kind of get with the mold of the centers now, which is ultimately going to be interesting to see what happens when he does opt out. Because I don't think he's going to stay in Cleveland. I don't know why the hell he would want to stay in Cleveland, anyways. No, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of offers he gets from teams because he isn't the center a team might be looking for in today's NBA. Well, the only team that I could see ideally that would sign him is a team with a lot of shooters, and you kind of mimic what Dwight Howard did back in, like, 2009 when they went to the finals. You just surround him with a bunch of playmakers and shooters, you know, and you just have that one big who 
they can't stretch the floor, but hey, they can grab rebounds and you know dominate the uh, the smaller defenders. Yeah, definitely. So this trade really, like, okay, yes, it made sense for Detroit to trade him, but that's the only person it made sense for. <laughs> yeah, but but in return, like you said, they kind of got crap because they got Brandon Knight and John Henson. What yeah, are you so, going to do with that? So clearly, Detroit is just throwing in the towel on this year and probably next year too. So if you're Brandon Knight, what is this your second time with Detroit already? Yeah, I'm he's pretty, already been. Yeah, he's been there before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the DeAndre Jordan dunk was when he was on the Pistons. Yeah, that was when he played for for Detroit. So it's <laughs> the second time around. I so, think when he's with that team, it's bad luck. Yeah. All right. Let's get more local now. The Clippers were the only team in LA to make a trade. They ended up trading for Marcus Morris, uh, Marcus Morris Senior. Also. Ended up getting Isaiah Thomas from the Wizards in a three-team deal. Isaiah Thomas ended up getting bought out, so he's a free agent right now. But this three-team deal was the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Wizards. So the Clippers got Marcus Morris, Isaiah Thomas, who got bought out. The Knicks got uh, Mo Harkless from the Clippers, a 2021st-round pick, and then a second-round pick as well. And then Washington got Jerome Robinson, who I believe is in his second year. Yeah, this is his second year. Yeah. He was the back-to-back pick after Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the Clippers in last or two drafts ago. So he's going to the Wizards. Obviously, the Clippers and the Lakers were in pretty much a bidding war Yeah, for see, Marcus Morris. Remember I said it last uh, episode, too. Uh, I said the Lakers and Clippers are almost in like an arms race right now. They're just trying to get pieces that fit for them and the best available pieces. Yeah. And apparently the rumor was that the Lakers offered basically Kuzma for Morris straight up, I'm pretty sure. And the Knicks said no and countered by saying they wanted Kuzma, Danny Green, and a pick. Jeez. And I'm so glad the Lakers even, said no to that. Even after what they traded for Anthony Davis, they they want that. Right, exactly. So nice I'm glad th- I'm glad the Lakers didn't make that specific trade. Morris isn't worth three pieces. No, especially giving up Danny Green, who has who's a good two way player for the Lakers. Yeah, he's been doing his thing this year for the team, and obviously Ky- Kyle Kuzma is the Lakers' best asset. And he is kind of the odd man out as far as that three, uh, the, the top three players, because he doesn't necessarily fit well with LeBron and AD. Oh, I think he fits well. It's just his playing style is a little off. Yeah, That's he's been inc- he's been he's been inconsistent this year. But let's get let's talk about the Clippers real quick before we get back to the Lakers, because the Clippers are the the ones who actually made this trade. So, what do you think of this trade for the Clippers? I think adding Morris was was really good. I think he fits. In that in that playing style, he gives them another big to play with, and Montrezl Harrell can't really stretch the floor because he's more of your your junkyard dog. You know, get rebounds, cleans up the paint. Morris is just as of a junkyard dog as Harrell is, and he is. But the thing with Morris, though, and this is the upside for the Clippers, is he spaces the floor. For people that don't know him and his brother Markeith, yeah, they're they're stretch fours. Yeah, they space the floor really well, and and they're really good shooters. It it does give the Clippers another aspect of size, but Morris is still undersized to guard a player like Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. Yeah. 
which to me too, he's probably going to be coming off the bench or even if they start him. But I think he gives them just so many more options now because now you have him and Lou Williams and you have um, Harold. Yeah, ultimately I think it was a good addition for the Clippers, but I still don't think it's enough. And yeah, I know people are probably going to be saying the Clippers are two and zero against the Lakers so far this year, but it's the regular season, guys. Like, see, but I really like their team, and now I go for the Lakers. But I really like the Clippers' chances only because they have a very deep team. You the Lakers go, have just as deep of a team as the you Clippers. Can go, you can go one if through, not deeper. You can go one through nine. If I go through all the has right now, Lou Williams and Harold and uh, and Morris, that 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 three man group right there coming off the bench, that looks pretty scary in a playoff game. Yeah, it looks pretty scary in a playoff game, but I mean, going up against the Lakers, I don't think that they could beat them in a seven-game series still, even with the addition of Marcus Morris. But see, this is what they were going for, both teams. They they know they're going to probably see each other in the playoffs. That's inevitable. At some point, you're going to see each other. So during this deadline, they're just trying to acquire as best pieces as they could. Now, the Clippers, they went out and did their job. Now, the yeah. Lakers, unfortunately, they did not get anybody. But it's how do you respond now? Yeah, well, real quickly, though, for the Clippers, I was honestly surprised they waived Isaiah Thomas. But you wouldn't keep him, though. You already have Lou Williams. You already have Patrick Beverly. I guess. I don't know. He, there, there, yeah, there was no room on, on, on that team for him. Plus, he's he's a ball-handling guard. You already have Lou doing that, and you already have Kawhi and uh, George hand, uh, handling the ball in the in the starting rotation. So you wouldn't keep him at all. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, like you were saying, the Lakers. Yeah. Continue. No, no. Yeah. Right now they they unfortunately didn't pick up anybody. But now yeah. they now they have to respond. So, yeah, they gotta scour the buyout market. So you heard last week that they were gonna work out J.R. Smith, but there's also a uh, a list of guys too. Now I'm gonna give you some of these people on this list. Now you tell me if they're good fit for if they're a good fit for the Lakers or not. So first one would be J.R. Smith. This would be in the buyout market. Oh no, he he's a free agent. I take that yeah, back. Yeah, he's a free agent. So we'll start off with the free agent. So J.R. Smith is the first one. I think J.R. Smith, honestly, would be a good fit for the Lakers. He has chemistry with LeBron. He's won a championship with him in Cleveland. He's not afraid of the big moment. He can hit a big shot if he wants. Like, he can he can hit a shot if he wants to. Like, I think he would add a decent amount of scoring that's much needed off the bench. Yeah, that's one of their their holes right now is that when Le, when LeBron sits and AD is struggling, and that's happened a couple times, who scores? Yeah. Now my concern with J.R. Smith is his bonehead moves. Is one his me- his, that's his, his IQ his, his head his his head. I don't want to say his basketball IQ because he's uh, an NBA player. That's he's pretty questionable no, listen, with his he, IQ. He's an NBA player. He's got a good basketball IQ. He has mental lapses sometimes on the court. And his defense. Oh, his defense is atrocious. Is what Scares concerns you. me. Yeah, yeah, it concerns me. Now, now, you're getting a great score, but in turn, you're giving up a big hole on defense. Right. Which, which you kind of want a good defender as well because you don't want to give all the responsibility to LeBron as the primary defender. Right, and that's that's one of the things... That has been a question with this Lakers team this entire time is LeBron isn't going to guard the other team's point guard the entire game. Yeah, he he might be playing point guard on offense, but he's not going to guard the other team's point guard at all times. We need some. 
the Lakers need somebody to guard the other team's point guard and somebody to keep up with them. And Avery Bradley's done an okay job. Rondo uh, helps at times. Rondo's been trash <laughs> this year. I know he had a good game the other night. That's because the Suns didn't guard him. They exactly. wanted him to shoot. Exactly. Yeah. Well, see, the, the, unfortunately, Darren Collison was the perfect fit for them, but they've already lost out on that. Now, the yeah. next player, though, is another person who does not give you defense, but great offense. He's a little bit older. And that's Jamal Crawford. He is going to be 40, but he does have his spurts where he... On a given night, he can give you 51. You you really don't know. I just want to say yes because I want Jamal to be on this title run to get him and a ring. Get him a ring, yeah. yeah. He's been in the league for so long. So I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying yes to Jamal Crawford. Now, the third person, he's played with the Lakers before. That's Lance Stevenson. No. He's not I'd a good rather, fit. I'd rather have Tyler Johnson, who got bought out. Well, he's on the buyout list that I have here. Yeah, I'd rather have Tyler Johnson. Uh, I know they don't play the same position, but he was. I'd much rather have Tyler Johnson over Lance Stevenson. I think the Lance Stevenson experiment last year it was horrible. Had its moments, <laughs> but didn't work out in the end. Now, he doesn't fix the, your shooting issues, but he does give you a good defender. Yeah, and he's another dog. Exactly. So you don't think he works out for them? Or if they not should take the, a chance? Not with this team because this, I mean... With the chemistry this team has, I think he would actually mess it up. I think he would disrupt it. Yeah. Hey, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> now we go to the buyout list. First one is Dion Waiters, which you mentioned him uh, a couple minutes ago. Yes. Now, how does he fit with the Lakers? He's bad on defense. Well, he's bad on defense. Almost like a Lance but, Stevenson. Well, but, opposite. But like J.R. Smith, he's not afraid to take a big shot. He's hit a big shot before. And. He's, I think, ultimately, he's a good locker room guy. Deion Waiters. Yes. And I know he's had trouble this year off the court, but the whole reason he got suspended for that gummy things was because he wouldn't <laughs> snitch on his teammate who gave it to him. That, is a, still, that is a rider. That is a real uh, I teammate. Know, I know that's a rider, but... In the first place, why get caught up with but that? But that's also another reason I would not take Dion Waiters All right, with so the he, Lakers. So he's, medical, is recreational marijuana is legal in California. So I don't know what kind of problems that would oh, cause so for then, him. Yeah, so let's scratch his name off yeah. his list already. Now, now listen, now, I'm, all, I'm all for the marijuana, <laughs> but... But you have a job I, to do, basically. Yeah, I'm sorry. Listen, you can't be getting suspended for taking too many gummies and passing out on the on the team flight. Yeah, that's, that's a no. Now, next player is Tyler Johnson. He I'm is a down. good... I'm down for Tyler Johnson. Solid two-way player, although he has shot under 30% from three. This season. This season, yes. He hasn't done as well in Phoenix as he did in Miami. My, something about Miami. You get your, your junkyard dogs and your no, grinders listen, there. Listen, something about Phoenix. <laughs> where <laughs> it's things, a black hole. Yeah, listen. Phoenix and that organization, minus <laughs> Devin Booker, who still somehow seems to kill it every night. Something about Phoenix. Just... Didn't work out for Tyler Johnson, and I would be very interested to see what he could do around the type of players that the Lakers have and just that whole, like, taking your game to that next level because you're surrounded by greatness kind of thing. So I'm That's kind of what Caruso's done ex- to, to an extent, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I'm, I would be interested in the Lakers potentially taking a flyer on Tyler Johnson. Well, now we head in kind of to the point guard uh, area. So the next person is Reggie Jackson. Pistons are still on the fence 
about releasing him or not because they don't know if he fits in with this team. But does he seem like a guy who the Lakers could use? If Reggie Jackson becomes available, come to the Lake Show, bro. They'll, they'll We're take ready. him. Yes. All right. But, but <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait no, 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 wait. no. I want to have this conversation after you're done with your list. Okay, because that's it, fine. <laughs> it goes along with it. With about Reggie Jackson. No, just with this whole scenario. Okay. Next person is Jeff Teague. Oh, sign me up. He's playing as Trey's backup right now. This sign is me sec- up. Second stint in Atlanta. Sign me up. Jeff Teague, come to the Lake Show. Now, the third point guard is Isaiah Thomas. Now, he's played with LeBron before. And, the and he's played got- on the Lakers. Before. And he's played on the Lakers. But remember, it didn't work with LeBron. Right. In Cleveland. So does it work now? I think it does because I think Isaiah is actually healthy. You don't think that hip has bothered him? No, he this season. No, he. I think he he was playing well in in Washington before he got shipped out. I think that was more of just a salary move and where Washington is at in terms of where the franchise is at as a whole. So, I yeah, if Isaiah, if the Lakers were interested in Isaiah, why not? Yeah. Well, here's my favorite player on this list. Okay, ex Clipper Mo Harkless. If yeah, oh. He'd be at the top right of my now, list. Right now, playing for a crappy New York team. If the Knicks ultimately end up buying out Mo Harkless, the Lakers need to get on the first jet to New York to go try and sign him because that is the perfect type of wing defender type player that you would need. He's the better all-around defender of this group. 100%. And, in, would, his, and in his days in Portland, he could shoot pretty well. Yeah. Mo Harkless would be at the top of my list right now in terms of buyout or free agent acquisitions. So for out of all the these Lakers. people I've mentioned, I have one more, but of all these people that I've mentioned, he'd be the top one for you. Well, I don't know who this last person is. Oh, well, I don't think you're going to choose this last person. That's Evan Turner. He might get bought out by Minnesota. Mm, I'd rather have Mo Harkless than oh, Evan yeah, Turner. I'd rather have Mo Harkless. Yeah. yeah, no, no, all the way. Now, yeah, Mo, like I said, he does give you that all around defense. And back in his days in Portland, he was still able to hit open shots. Mind you, this year he's not shooting the best, but he's also played for teams like the Clippers while he was out of the rotation. Now you go to the Knicks, and they already the Knicks are already a mess anyway, so is he going to get playing time? Who knows? Yeah. So, like I said, even after hearing Evan Turner, I'm still – Mo Harkless is at the top of my list. But with all of that being said and all of those names – you mentioned as po- as possible additions the Lakers could make. With that addition, they got to make a subtraction. They don't have an open no, roster they, they spot. Don't, which that's what I was going to say. It's funny. I was going to say towards the end. Now the Lakers have 15 players under contract. So in order to add, they need a cut. So who do you cut? First person right off the bat would be Daniels. Troy Daniels? Exactly. He'd be the yeah. first one. Now following him, if you try to sign two, you have to cut another person. So that would probably be Cook or Dudley. Those and I think they would – I would probably cut Quinn Cook first. Because you already have three point guards, essentially, with Caruso. Right. And Caruso could definitely get cut, too. But yeah, I don't he, think, he could I, find his way out, too. But I don't think they would do that. He's younger and he's bigger than, than Cook, so they would probably keep him. Right. I think ultimately they would cut uh, Jared Dudley over Quinn Cook if they had already cut Troy Daniels. But I would cut Quinn Cook and Daniels they for, would, first. Yeah, yeah, they would be my first two cuts. 
Yeah, in order for them to get any of these players. Well, honestly, Rajon Rondo would be my first cut, but that would never happen because LeBron, I think, would nix that in a heartbeat. He should he should really think about it. Uh, listen, trust me. <laughs> Laker, the Lakers Twitter community has been begging for Rajon Rondo to be off this team since the day he was signed. Yeah, when they re-signed him, it was like, at first people were, eh, it's a safe sign, but now I wasn't. they're really reaping that. I was pissed. <laughs> that they re-signed him? Yes. They honestly couldn't have gotten anybody better at the time. At the time, but... They just felt like it was the safest move. But if it, if you left it up to the Laker fans, he would be gone. But unfortunately, 100%. first it would be Troy Daniels, realistically. Yeah. He is the odd man out. Yeah, I think everybody else is pretty much safe. Yeah, for right now. It'd be interesting, though, to see if they would cut Boogie. I don't think they would. No, because he he's the possibility of him returning is actually pretty high. Before yeah. the end of the season. So they want to see how that might work. Obviously, you put him on a minutes restriction. And he did play with Anthony Davis before. So you want to see maybe where that chemistry lies. So he won't be gone. Yeah. Now, ultimately, for the trade deadline overall for the Lakers. And what grade would you give them? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes it's better to not make a deal than make a bad deal. I'd give them the, probably the a B Piston, minus. The Pistons and Cavs made a bad deal. <laughs> yeah, they get they get they B minus. They should have just not made a trade at all. But the Lakers, by not making a deal, I think ultimately I would probably give them a C plus or a B because I think they probably could have made a move or should have made a move. I'd give them the B. Yeah, uh, B minus. Yeah, because listen, they're still the first place team in the Western Conference, second best record in the NBA. So it's it's hard to say that they're bad or yeah, no, they no, no, had no, no, a no. bad trade deadline. But listen, there's still room for improvement, and hopefully they, they find somebody on the buyout market or one of the guys you listed who's still a free agent. But some other winners that I had obviously were the Miami Heat, the... Do I want to consider the Golden State Warriors? No, I wouldn't a say winner. they're a winner. I would give them a C. Yeah, I don't think they're a winner. I would I would say the Clippers are a winner. Yeah, the Clippers made a solid move because they didn't get rid of somebody who they who they really needed or who was a key component in their rotation. But now you added a third a scorer in Morris. Yeah, so I'd I'd say the Clippers and the Heat are the winners. And you shouldn't even mention what the Cavaliers are. No, they're the losers. No, yeah. They're the losers. So, all right, that's enough trade talk. Moving right along, it's All-Star Weekend. One of my favorite times of the year. I wish I could be as excited as I was in previous years. Listen, I don't I, I don't <laughs> but, care what anybody says. I love the All-Star game. I love All-Star Weekend. It's not boring. But, I will, okay, I'll say this. It's not getting to the, the likes of the Pro Bowl. But it hasn't been what it used to be. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Nothing is nothing that. is comparable to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. And it's kind of funny how the draft worked out. It's basically almost East versus West. I think there's only three Eastern Conference players on Team LeBron and three Western Conference players on Team Giannis. Yeah, I kind of like that. So all the people who are complaining about, oh, the old ways of East and West, you you almost got that, basically. Almost. So, all right, I'm going to run through the rosters real quick. 
and we'll kind of give our takes on how we think they look, if there were any snubs, and so forth. So, all right, Team LeBron, obviously LeBron James, 16-time All-Star with this selection. His teammate, Anthony Davis, is also on Team LeBron. This will be his seventh appearance in the All-Star game. A cross-hall rival, Kawhi Leonard, is also on Team LeBron. This will be his fourth All-Star appearance. And then making his first appearance in the All-Star game, Luka Doncic. Which that one was well-deserved. Yes. And then James Harden from the Rockets. It'll be his eighth All-Star appearance. So the starters for Team LeBron are LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Luka, and James Harden. And then the reserves for Team LeBron, we got Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets making his second All-Star appearance. Damian Lillard of the play, uh, of the Trailblazers making his fifth All-Star appearance. Banana Boat buddy Chris Paul of the Oklahoma City Thunder making his 10th All-Star appearance. DeMontis Sabonis making his first All-Star appearance for the Pacers. Ben Simmons of the Sixers making his second appearance. And Jason Tatum of the Celtics making his first appearance. And then to round it out for Team LeBron is Russell Westbrook of the Rockets making his ninth All-Star appearance. Four-team Giannis, we got Giannis making his fourth All-Star appearance for the Bucks. Then Sixers center Joel Embiid making his third appearance. Pascal Siakam making his first appearance for the Raptors. Kemba Walker of the Celtics making his fourth appearance. And then to round out the starters for Team Giannis, it's Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks making his first appearance in the All-Star game. The reserves for Team Giannis are Bam Adebayo of the Heat, Jimmy Butler of the Heat. Bam is making his first appearance. Jimmy is making his fifth appearance. Then Rudy Gobert of the Jazz making his first appearance. Didn't see any tears from Gobert <laughs> this year for not making it. Well, he deserved it this year. Yeah. He kind of deserved it last year, but there's always going to be snubs in every selection. Right. Then we got Kyle Lowry of the Raptors making his sixth appearance. And then my boy... Former baby Laker making his first all-star appearance for mm. the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram. Then Giannis' teammate. So both captains picked a teammate. Chris Middleton of the Bucks is making his second all-star appearance. And then Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz making his first all-star appearance. So right off, right off the bat, who do you think has the better team? I'm only going to go with LeBron or Team LeBron, just because I like everybody on that team is a great passer, and I feel like the ball is just not going to stick at any point of the game, and I think it's going to be really well for them. Now, Team Giannis, they have a lot of size just with Giannis. Team Giannis is all defense. Yeah, so you don't know. You have people who can move the ball and who, who are playmakers, but you also have defensive studs on that team for Team Giannis. I said it as I was watching this draft go. After the starters were drafted, I said LeBron's team was going to wax Team Giannis. Because, listen, you got LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Luka, and James Harden, the starters. And then for Giannis's team, you got Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. Team LeBron is walking away with a big W. Which, that's what we say now, but you never know during All-Star Weekend. Oh, no, I think this All-Star game is going to be... Oh, well, different. You mentioned Lillard it was supposed to play, right? Yeah, well, Lillard is on Team LeBron Y. Did yeah, he just so, get so replaced? His, so his growing, 
is going to keep him out of All-Star Weekend. He Did that just break? Just right now, yeah. So he will not be playing. And that means no three-point contest for him uh, or whatever else he's in. Skills challenge? Is he in the skills challenge? I don't think so. Hold on. Let me scroll down. Yeah, so he's not. It's only the three-point and the All-Star game. Okay. Well, that sucks because he has been on a fucking tear the last, like, that's two a big, and a half That's weeks. a big blow. That's probably the reason why they want him to sit out. Oh, for sure. You're not going to risk. Listen, you're not going to risk an All Star game because, uh, you know, you want him to go out there and have fun, and you're blowing up a playoff race. Yeah, no, he's in a playoff race, and they're doing everything they can to try and get back into the playoffs after starting off very slow, yeah, really slow. But back to the All Star game. I mean, yeah, like I said, I just think LeBron is going to wax this team, like wax Giannis's team. Yeah, I like overall. I like just the the team, even. The starters, you know, you always look at the starters, but even the reserves, even without Lillard, I wonder, first of all, I wonder who's going to replace him. But even with people like Ben Simmons and Jokic, Tatum, Chris Paul's been having a great season. And then you obviously have, you know, Russ and then Sabonis too. So I like I like those pieces a lot more than Team Giannis's reserves. Oh, yeah, for sure. The I mean, and the that's no, reserves. That, yeah, that's no knock to Team Giannis's reserves, but I just don't see people like Ingram and like Lowry and like Gobert. Listen, Russell Westbrook was the last pick for Team LeBron, and I'm sure he's going to carry that chip on his shoulder coming into the All Star game because yeah. that's exactly who Russell Westbrook and, is. And it's funny you said, like you said, an All Star game. It's supposed to be fun, but in some players' mentality, it's more than just fun. At the end of the day, yeah. So you you said you weren't sure who was going to replace Damian Lillard. I mean, let's just talk right now about our snubs because I think one of those guys is definitely yeah, going to replace him. Now, I do have a list of snubs. Now, I'm going to name some people, and you tell me if they were snubbed or if they were not. Okay. So, first one is Bradley Beal. Yes, he was snubbed. He was snubbed. 28 points a game, almost 29. Listen, just I know the first two names are going to be Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are the only players in the last 35 years to average 27 or more points per game without making the All-Star game. Both of those guys are snubs. Well, and I think Devin yep. Booker, I think ultimately Devin Booker is going to replace Lillard. Lillard because the Western Conference, and the, there has to be an even amount from each conference in the game still, even though it's not East versus West. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Devin Booker is going to replace Damian Lillard. Now, he is the second player on this list, 27 points a game. Now, the third player is Jalen Brown. Snubbed? Hmm... What are his stats? Do you have them? Yes. Uh, 20 points a game, six, almost seven rebounds, and almost three assists per game. Do you have Spencer Dinwiddie on this list? He is not on this list. Because I think Spencer Dinwiddie was a snub. And I'd say Dinwiddie is more of a snub than Jalen Brown. So you're going to say he was not snubbed for Jalen Brown? Yeah, I'll go with that. All right. Next person is DeMar DeRozan. No. Not a snub. The only, Yeah. The only reason why I, I agree with you is because that Spurs team has been kind of hard to watch this season. And it's, it sucks the Spurs, because the Spurs are 23 and 31. Yeah, that's bad. And a lot of that, I don't want to go into detail is because they haven't chosen to rebuild yet fully or not. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. I was honestly surprised that they didn't move DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge at the trade deadline to start that rebuild. I thought one of them was gone for sure. You have to build around one of those guys, not both. Yeah. Next person is Zach Levine. Yes. Zach Levine was snubbed. Was a snub. Yes. 25 points a game, almost five rebounds, and four assists. Yes. Zach Levine was a snub for on-the-court reasons, first and foremost, but also this game is in Chicago. 
So you got. So what you're saying is you have to have at least one player from that team. I mean, when he's having this great of a season and the trajectory of what his career was supposed to look like compared to what it has looked like, I would say, yes, he is a snub. And because he would have been the host for the weekend, and he still technically is because he's the best player on the Bulls, yeah, you got to have him in the All-Star game. All right. Well, now we head to L.A. You might not agree with this one, but Lou Williams. No, not a snub. <laughs> Almost 20 points a game. And listen, I'm, and, and, and that's off the bench, mind you. Yes, and it's similar to Tyler when he would keep that same energy with Richard <laughs> Sherman about the 49ers. Yeah. I'm going to keep that same energy with Lou Will that he's the underground king and a sixth man and not an all-star. Yeah. You don't want to give him the higher profile, basically. Yeah, being, I w- yeah. No, Lou Will is Lou Will, and he's <laughs> he's cool with that. All right, well, now, now we go to Cleveland with that horrible trade in Andre Drummond. No, not a snub. <laughs> the guy is averaging 17 and almost 16. Yes, I know, but All right. listen, at the end of the day, it's the all-star game. you got to reward the stars that are winning. Yeah, and he wasn't one of them. Exactly, and that's ultimately why I think Bradley Beal and Devin Booker were left out of the all-star game originally. Yeah, because you look at the team's record. Yeah, and... You got to you got to reward winning. I think the the player with the worst team record in this is Chris Paul with the Thunder, and I mean that could be way wrong. Uh, I'm not looking at the standings off top. But yeah, actually, he might be. Well, no, that would be Brandon Ingram. They would have the worst record. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, you're going off the players. Yeah, yeah that would be Brandon Ingram. Okay, so Brandon or, Ingram, or actually Trey Young. Trey Young would be the. I think, yeah, I think the yeah. Hawks are worse. Okay, yeah, so Trey Young, but Trey Young was voted as a starter. Yeah. And it's well, well, well deserved. But that's also because he's scoring a lot of points. Yeah, and he's him and Luca are the future of the NBA. Yeah. So you have that youth movement in him and Luca. Yeah, so I don't I don't think Andre Drummond was a snub. All right. Well you say about playing well, this next person he did have a a case. Now his team is in the playoff spot in the eighth, and that's John Morant. Is he a snub? No, I don't think he was. Luca and Trey didn't make it as their as rookies, and so they, you don't think you don't think he should have. No, his team is his team is in the playoffs. Yeah, but a large part is due to him. I mean, it's it's almost solely due to him, him and Jaron Jackson at least. Yeah, it's him and that young core. So you wouldn't give it to him. No, almost eighteen points a game, and almost uh, almost eight assists. No, it's hard because listen, he's in. The Western yeah, Conference. In the West. He's in the Western already. Conference, and there's what twelve spots for each conference. And I mean, the guards he's going up against in the West are James Harden, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell. It's he's not there yet. All right. Well, then he he was not a snub. Then no, that's what I said. Now, if Zion would have played, this is not on my list. But if Zion would have played since the beginning, do you think he would have made it? And he would have been there with Brandon Ingram. I think it would have been a different story if Zion started game one. Yeah, that, yeah, that's for what not I meant. only Zion and Jaw, because if they were both having their seasons like Luca and Trey had last year, maybe you give it to both of them. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, that's a crazy hypothetical that we have no idea what well, the truth yeah, would what be. it could have happened. Yeah, yeah. But real quickly, uh, before I explain. The changes 
to the All-Star game to honor Kobe Bryant and the other eight victims of the helicopter crash, including his daughter Gianna, uh, the NBA made changes to the game to honor them and to support uh, some of the families of the other victims. But real quickly, some cool stats about Trey and Luca and additionally Pascal Siakam being first-time All-Stars. One, Trey and Luca both selected as starters. It's the first time since KG and Kobe in 98 that players 22 or younger were chosen as starters, and these are the only two times in NBA history that's ever happened. Well, then they're in a really good elite group. Then. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, great company Come on. to have. KG and Kobe? Yeah, and that 98 All-Star game with KG and Kobe, that was when we talked about on the Kobe episode with Adam, the mm-hmm. those two dunks, that the alley-oops that KG and Kobe threw to each other. And then Luka is the youngest starter in NBA All-Star history since LeBron. Like 20. Yeah. so like crazy? LeBron was a little bit younger in 2005 uh, for the All-Star game. And then Trey Young is the first Hawks player in 44 years to earn an All-Star bid in one of his first two seasons. Thought that was pretty cool. And then Pascal Siakam, Luka, and Trey are all first-time All-Stars and first-time starters in the All-Star game. So I thought that was cool that in their first All-Star game, they get to start. Honestly, it's really good for uh, Siakam because he had a great year last so well year. Deserved. And, and the run that they went on. And now even how they're playing this year, too, people didn't think that the uh, that the Raptors were going to be number two in the East without Kawhi Leonard. I don't think the Raptors win the championship last year without him, even with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he picked up a big, big load for them, especially in the playoffs. And especially when Kawhi was doing load management. He only mm-hmm. played like 65 games last year. So in those games where Kawhi wasn't in for the Raptors last year, it was Siakam picking up the slack, and he... He did exactly that and some. Yeah, out of all these names that I see as far as first-time people, or even if you've been here 14 times or more like LeBron has and Chris Paul has, but the names that really stick out is Siakam and Doncic. Siakam is deserving because of the season he's had, and Doncic, he's had a crazy second year. To me, he's been playing like an MVP candidate. Now, does he win it at the end of the year? Probably not, but he does at least get the nod. Yeah, and going to kind of talk about like these first-time All-Stars, like – Going back to the snubs almost even, too, I probably wouldn't have had Bam Adebayo as an all-star before Bradley Beal. But but uh, Bam has been playing great, too, though. Exactly. That's where you that's where you weigh in the, the team aspect, and also fan vote doesn't count for 100% of the vote anymore. That's honestly that's good in a sense because it's like you have those those jokes of like remember before all this voting started about getting Taco Fall and Caruso into it. It's like you're gonna have something like that. Yeah. So all right, the let's talk real quick about the changes. So Team Giannis is going to wear the number twenty four for Kobe. Team LeBron is going to wear number two for Gianna. LeBron was asked why he chose to have number two because they gave him the choice two or twenty four, and he responded because of his daughter Zuri. So mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was that was pretty cool. And then both teams are going to wear patches with nine stars representing all of the victims who lost their lives in the helicopter crash on the jersey. Now, as far as the actual game, the game this year is going to be played for charity. And I'm going to try and break this down as best I could. 
So at the start of the game, it's going to be 0-0. They're going to basically break each of the first three quarters into mini games where 12-minute quarters, highest score wins basically. So 0-0 to start the first three quarters, and $100,000 is on the line for each team. So whoever wins each quarter... Well, they're going to like a charity, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah each Giannis, charity. Giannis and LeBron, I think, both picked uh, Chicago-based charities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which it was—it's like that before. They've done that before with like certain challenges, like the Rising Stars or yeah, yeah, yeah. Slam Dunk Contest. Yeah. So you have the three mini games of the first three quarters. Hundred thousand dollars on the line each game. At the, at the end of the third quarter, you're going to take all three quarters scores. And add them up to start the fourth. You're then going to take the highest score of that and add 24 to it for Kobe. The first team to reach that highest score plus the 24 wins the all-star game. And there's not going to be a game clock in the fourth quarter. So it's unlimited time. Right. So the first team to that designated target score of the highest score plus 24 will win the game. So, for example, let's say the total score after the first three quarters was 100 to 95. The final tor- the final target score that both teams are trying to hit is 124. So the team with 100 has to hit 124 before the team with 95 hits 124. And there's no time limit. Jeez. And then I I believe the fourth quarter, or whoever wins the All Star game, gets two hundred fifty thousand to the charity. Yeah, to the respective charity. Yeah. yeah. So even just having to explain that was complicated. That's yeah, a lot to take in. But and I get I get what the league was trying to do here with incorporating the money for charity and adding twenty four to the score. But in my opinion, the best way to honor Kobe is to play hard for 48 minutes, see who comes out on top at the end of the game, and then they should they should have just left the jersey number tributes and the patch. Yeah, I think as, that was the best way to honor is. them. And not, not this whole complicated do three mini games the first three quarters and yeah. then like Kobe just want wants these like Kobe would want these guys to just go out and play hard play. for 48 minutes. That would be how it's normally been. Kobe looked at the All-Star game as any other game. He's There's a reason he won four All-Star game MVPs. He's one of the best players, not only just ever in basketball history, but in All-Star game history for the NBA because he took it seriously. And that's kind of what I was talking about with Russell Westbrook keeping that chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah, he's going to remember that. Last. Now, ultimately, I think LeBron is going to win All-Star game MVP because... He's going to have the same mindset to try and honor Kobe himself. So I think that's what's going to push LeBron over the edge in terms of winning All-Star Game MVP. But this whole, I'm just not with this whole three quarters, mini games, and then add 24 to the score and turn yeah, the clock they, off for the fourth quarter. Look, the 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 intention was there and, you know, yeah, it's, but I, I'm sorry. I think what they were trying to do is just too much. They should have just stuck with the team. Giannis wears 24 team. LeBron wears two. And then they have the patch with the nine stars on the Jersey. Yeah. You don't have to overcomplicate things. You could have just made it that and it would have been fine. 
You literally would have it would literally would have been fine with the fans. Because you're getting your you're honoring him and the victims and at the same time you're going out there like you said, you're just playing hard. Just keep it how it was, four quarters, same clock, same mindset, and just play the game. Exactly. Like why does it have to be different? Exactly. So I mean it is gonna be interesting to see how it works out with these changes and I'm I'm definitely interested in watching it. The only the only plus that I see in this and it's the only thing that I like is the fourth quarter is not timed. So essentially it's almost like a street ball game because you don't have a clock in a street ball yeah. or pickup game. So that's kind of cool. But other than that, everything else is to me is too messy. Yeah. So I mean and I'm also, I'm very interested to see how it's gonna impact the scoring and how they play in the first three quarters to see like how serious they're taking it, honestly. I mean you should take it serious to an extent. For sure you should. And I hope it's like high scoring because there's nothing more boring than watching an all-star game with some of the most prolific scorers and players in the league and have it be low scoring. Yeah. And I just used 195 just for the simple math of it. Oh, well, thank you for coming up with example because honestly, I would have been confused. Hey, listen, man, there was a reason I was a journalism major. I needed to pick even round numbers. Yeah. But all right, let's move on to the other events. So Friday night, we got the Rising Stars game. They've switched it up from rookie sophomore to now Team World and Team USA going up against each other the last few years. So Team World shakes out like this. They got Nikhil Alexander-Walker of the Pelicans, DeAndre Ayton of the Suns, R.J. Barrett of the Knicks, Brandon Clark from the Grizzlies, Luka Doncic of the Mavs. Oh, I'm not too sure if he'll play in the Rising Stars game if he's going to be playing in the All-Star game Sunday night. They usually do. I think there was one year where Damian Lillard was literally in every single challenge or something like that. Yeah. Minus Friday. It was really weird. But, yeah, he they'll probably play in all of them. Well, and, he, I mean, he did make his return earlier tonight for the Mavs. There was He he missed some games with an injury. So there was even a question mark if he, if he was going to even play hey, maybe he at goes all out there All-Star weekend. Yeah, five minutes and he plays and then he's, he sits. Yeah. So we'll see if he plays in the Rising Stars game. But then we got... Nikhil Alexander-Walker's cousin, Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Thunder, also on Team World, Rui Hachimura of the Wizards, former Laker, now Pistons, Fima Kailuk, and Josh Okoge of the Timberwolves, and then also former Laker of the Wizards now, Mo Wagner. Shout out the Lakers scouting department the last seven years. It just sucks l- that they don't retain these guys. Well, They leave and get better. It ultimately landed us, Anthony, it ultimately landed us Anthony Davis. I'm not going to complain too much. But the last seven years, at least one Lakers draftee has been in the Rising Stars game. So that's definitely a testament to the scouting department the Lakers have. Uh, Jesse Buss, and I believe it used to be Ryan West, who's now with the Clippers, Jerry West's son. But, yeah, anyway. All right, Team USA, we got Miles Bridges of the Hornets, Wendell Carter Jr. of the Bulls, who's getting replaced because of injury by none other than Zion Williamson, who obviously was cleared to play, made his debut last month, and will be healthy to play in the Rising Stars game. He'll be joined by Devontae Graham of the Hornets and then Tyler Hero of the Heat, but he just got replaced the other night by Colin Sexton because of injury. And then we got the Grizzlies teammates, Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, Kendrick Nunn of the Heat, Eric Pascal of the Warriors, P.J. Washington of the Hornets, Trey Young of the Hawks to round out Team it's USA. It's crazy. When you said his name, I could not remember if it was his second year or not. And it is. Yeah. Him and Luka. Yeah. So him and Luka 
are both going to be in the Rising Stars game and the All-Star game. We'll see if they play in both one or the other. Obviously, they would choose Sunday night over Friday night if they were going to choose one or the other. But, I mean, this game is a lot of fun to watch, to see the rising talent in the NBA, the future of the NBA. Uh, But I got to go with Team USA in this because I'm American. Well, that shouldn't be the reason, but okay. <laughs> uh, no, but I would feel U.S. I, it would US feel does weird. have the better it roster. It would feel very weird for me to not root for America. You know, all right. But these guys play in the NBA. It's just Team World because that they're not born here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I know. I know. You know. I'm just letting you know that that's the reason. I'm oh, sticking with Team USA. Either way, yes, t- uh, Team USA has the better roster. Although there is some names on on Team World, so people like Doncic and honestly, Svi Mikhailu can probably be you know, if Svi uh, gets hot, yeah, from some, outside, some of, the, some of these guys that you don't even expect in these games, they honestly, they like you said, they get hot and then they on they end up winning. What was it? Uh, the guy from the Kings, um, Bogdanovich, he won. I think it was last year, two years ago, he won the MVP for yeah. that game. And listen, I was honestly surprised to not see Ben Simmons for the 15th year in a row in the Rising Stars game. Jeez. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, yeah, no, no kidding. How many times was he a rookie in quotation marks? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, Team USA on this one. Only because, I will say this too, one player that does, uh, it makes me happy that he's on this is Devontae Graham. Because he's had a hell of a season. Yeah, Devontae so, Graham. I like that he's uh, on this roster. It sucks that Tyler Hero... Isn't yeah. going to be able to play, but his teammate Kendrick Nunn, yeah, who's at least he's there. Been one of the best stories of the NBA this both, year. Both of those guys on that team, yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy for a lot of these guys getting the chance to play, uh, getting getting a taste of what it's like to play in All Star Weekend in hopes of making the big game on uh, Sunday night. Yeah, who like a lot of these guys who've played in this Rising Stars Challenge have now moved on to Sunday. You look at this list that you named about the All-Stars, the majority of, of those guys have played in these Donovan games. Donovan Mitchell was in the Rising Stars game, I think, last year. Yeah. And the year before. And now he's in the All-Star game. So it just shows you how far you can go with being on these rosters. Who knows? The next year you could be in the All-Star game. For sure. All right, let's round out the All-Star weekend talk with what's happening Saturday night, my favorite night of NBA All-Star weekend. Obviously the Skills Challenge, three-point contest, and the dunk contest. For the skills challenge, it's split up uh, bigs versus smalls. So the bigs will go against each other, then the smalls will go against each other, and then the winner of the bigs will go against the winner of the smalls. Yeah, they've they've done that in the uh, most recent years. Right. So we got DeMo- uh, DeMontis Sabonis of the Pacers, Bam Adebayo of the Heat, Chris Middleton of the Bucks, Pascal Siakam of the Raptors, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, who is the reigning champ. And then Derrick Rose was supposed to be in the skills challenge, like we said earlier, but he's being replaced by Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Thunder. Patrick Beverly of the Clippers is also in the skills challenge. And then the last player in it is Spencer Dinwiddie of the Nets, who is the 2017 skills contest champion. My pick to win this year is Pascal Siakam. Oh, I see. I was going to go with him, too. He is my dark horse in yes. this one. I'm I'm going with Pascal Siakam to win the skills challenge. You all, see, people always want to go with the guards, but a lot of these, like, you can even say the evolution of the game now, you have all these blanky players. They're, they can handle the rock just as good as some of these guards can. So people like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a little taller, people like Jason Tatum, they're able to handle the rock just Tatum, as well. Tatum's the reigning champ. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to go with Siakam, too. And listen... 
I'm very surprised to see Patrick Beverly in the skills challenge. I didn't know they were adding flops this year oh, to the to the course. Yeah, I know you can't stand him. But yeah, <laughs> you know he's going to take this game pretty serious too. Yeah, I mean I mean I hope all of these guys take it serious. I I I hope one of these guys wants to win really bad. Well, at least he doesn't have to play defense and be annoying in this competition. Cuz <laughs> that that's when he really gets on your nerves. Oh yeah. So all right, we're both going with Pascal Siakam. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, the three-point contest. We got uh, Davis Bertans of the Wizards, Devontae Graham of the Hornets, the reigning champ Joe Harris of the Nets, Buddy Heald of the Kings, the host for the weekend Zach Levine of the Bulls, Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers, Duncan Robinson of the Heat, and the last player is Trey Young of the Hawks. And then also the NBA is changing the format of the three-point contest. They're adding two new shots from six feet behind the line. I'm going to just call it Steph Curry range. I know the big three on Twitter said, huh, six feet behind the line, huh? That sounds familiar, referencing the four-point uh, yeah. circle that well, they, they have pat- in the big they three. patented it already, so shut up. <laughs> hey, be nice to Ice Cube. <laughs> he's, he's doing big things with the big three. But, all right, so, like I said, two shots from six feet behind the three-point line, which are going to be worth three points each, and now each round will be 27 shots instead of 25 and it will be 70 seconds to shoot instead of a full minute, 60 seconds. So they're getting an extra 10 seconds for another two shots. Which those those shots that are further, they're worth more points? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're, so the regular ball is worth one point. The money ball at the end of the rack, which I believe they can just place anywhere in the rack or have a full, full rack yeah, of money balls. Yeah, now they have balls. a full rack of money balls, and you can place that wherever you want. Right. Those are worth two, and then these two new shots are going to be worth three points. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so so the, so people like uh, oh yeah, people like Trey Young are really going to excel in this. Yeah, because he pulls up; those are game shots for him. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I made my notes before this announcement was made, and my pick to win the three point contest before the announcement was made was Trey Young. No, it was Damian Lillard, but he's not going to be doing it now. Oh, well, you got to have to uh, go with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Trey Young. See, I don't know if who's he... going to replace Damian Lillard in the three point contest. I have no idea. They're going to have to find somebody. But a lot of these guys, I didn't know they could shoot that well. Like, I don't know who the hell Duncan Robinson was, but he's on this list. And two years ago, I didn't know who Joe Harris was, but he ended up winning the damn thing. Hey, man, Joe Harris is a stud. And he's a great shooter. But honestly, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Buddy Heald. He, he is my okay. winner. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to go with Graham just because I love his story this year. But I don't know if he can <laughs> if he can put up shots like the rest of these guys. People like Zach Levine, I don't think they're going to get very far. Uh Davis Bartons is actually a pretty good shooter, though. He's been having a quietly yeah. nice year, and he was I, honestly, I as I say it, I sh- it's not pretty, it's not quiet. He was rumored to be in a lot of trade talks uh, before the trade deadline as a piece that some contenders were trying to acquire. So, yeah, he was part of that Spurs team, and uh, they move the ball pretty well, and they get you open shots. So, yeah. All right, the last event of the night, the dunk contest, and real quickly. I have such a bone to pick with Zach Levine about the about not being in the dunk contest. Yes, because you got to had a rematch. Well, exactly. So the dunk contest contestants are Pat Connaughton of the Bucks, Aaron Gordon of the Magic, Dwight Howard of the Lakers, making his return to the dunk contest. He's no the, offense to him, he's but the why? Two, he's the 2008 champ. He's <laughs> been on he record. Back? He's been on record this year as saying he's in the best shape of his life. He's looking just as springy as he did 
in Orlando. And then the last contestant is Derek Jones Jr. But getting back to Zach Levine, he said that he would do the dunk contest if he was voted to the All-Star game. He was not voted to the All-Star game, but then Aaron Gordon announced that he was going to be in the dunk contest, and that sparked the we need the Aaron Gordon-Zach Levine rematch talk. Yeah, they needed a part two. Right. Zach Levine was so mad about not getting voted to the All-Star game that I think out of spite, he said... He backed out of it. He backed out of the dunk contest and said... Well, you I'll suck, do Zach the, Levine. Yeah, and I'll do the, the three-point contest. And yeah, you suck, Zach Levine. As much as I am a fan of yours because you're a Bruin and I love your game, that is a bullshit move. And you are literally robbing the NBA world and the basketball world of another great dunk contest and a rematch between arguably the the two players that put on the arguably greatest dunk contest of all time. That was, that was one time. of the greatest ones. And it had been crap for years. And you stick us with fucking Pat Connaughton. Yeah, who the hell is that? I mean, listen, Pat Connaughton's got hops, <laughs> but... I'm gonna we make... could have had Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, too. And, and then the cherry on top is Dwight Howard's return to the dunk contest. And you have Derek Jones. Jr. Yeah, Derek I, Jones, I who can and... jump out the gym. I think he's going to win. I have, I, I have I, Dwight Howard winning. No, I, the two people I'm already axing off Superman. this list. No, I'm already axing off Connaughton, and I'm axing off Howard. I don't think they win. Bigs are too hard to have in dunk contests. The only big that I thought was really good in the dunk contest, and he should have won. Now, all these... Clipper fans at the time and Blake Griffin fans are going to hate me, but it was JaVale McGee. He got robbed of that dunk contest. When he dunked, uh, he dunked the two. That too, but he dunked three damn balls. Oh, yeah, three and, balls at the same time. Yeah. And, well, it was like more consecutively, but yeah. Same but, yeah. Thing. But, and then In he, one jump. And then he dunked the two rims. Yeah, side by side. Blake Griffin jumped over the damn hood of the car. He jumped over the NBA sponsor yeah, car. Yeah, who, who cares? And which it was is why he won. It was Yeah, that's why he Come won. On. That's straight up bullshit. Now, they gave it to him because it was the whole scene. There was a choir. You had Baron Davis in, in the... Um, he threw him the alley-oop through he, the sunroof. Yeah, through the sunroof. That was so <laughs> stupid. It was more of the show. They completely robbed uh, McGee of that dunk contest. That's why I'm saying. Bigs don't do very well. So, Howard, I, I think he's gone. Derek Jones Jr., great, great athleticism and a good vert. So, I think he wins this. I don't. Aaron Gordon, I think he's lost his springiness. No, from, he hasn't from, lost his from springiness. His, from but... his injuries. I think that's gone. Well, no, he hasn't lost his springiness, but it's always interesting now to see how creative these guys can get. Because yeah, what, we've, more, what more could you do? Exactly. We've seen it all now. Yeah. Right now, it's all about props. And what people forget about the dunk contest, it is a show. So I was a huge fan of Shannon Brown when he went to the dunk contest. But he was a good in-game dunker. Once he got to the dunk contest, he didn't know what the hell to do. Like, he just did his normal... Kobe threw him a lob. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And it was like, eh, and I was so disappointed because Shannon Brown was such a good in-game dunker. He had so much hype going into the dunk contest. That's the difference. Now, people, this is one of my favorite guys, and he's the only person who's won it three times, and that's Nate Robinson. He put on a show for you. Shout out to 206. Exactly. He put on a show for you. The whole kryptonite thing when Dwight Howard was in there that one year, that's what you do when you go to a dunk contest. It's not about well, and just doing the dunk. That's exactly why I think Dwight Howard is going to win because, one, he's a he's won it before, so he knows what it takes to win. I think he could have done higher that year. The 12-foot rim was nothing for him. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. He maybe put the he goes sticker four, on the backboard. Maybe he goes 14 this year, and maybe he wins it. Yeah, and I think he's going to put on the show. And 
what really sucks is he, when it was announced that he was going to be in the dunk contest, he said that he was going to reach out to Kobe to try and like help him with the dunk contest. And I don't know, throw him a lob dunk, like jump over him. I don't know what he was planning on doing. And we're unfortunately never going to see that. And well, he'll probably honor him in some way at the dunk yeah, contest. Maybe he sure. wears his jersey or his shoes or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, it, it is listen, first and foremost. I'm not I, honestly, I think one of the dunks that Dwight does is in the Kobe jersey and he just does the East Bay between the legs to honor Kobe because that's what the dunk Kobe won the dunk contest with in 97. He could also wear his uh, warm-up jacket too. When Kobe was in the dunk contest his rookie year, he wore his yeah. warm-up jacket instead of just the jersey. Yep. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying is that it's just more of a showmanship kind of thing. For example, when JaVel McGee was in it, he changed shoes every single dunk. Dwight Howard's the perfect showman in the NBA. He's, that's what he's been all his, his entire career. But I don't think he could get creative enough, like people like Aaron Gordon or Derrick Jones. Sorry, we'll sorry, Pat Connaughton, you're already out in the first round. I'm not even regarding Pat Connaughton with this dunk contest. I hope he like he makes us eat our words and we come back and he Watch wins him the win thing. Watch him win it. Well, I, what was it last year? I didn't know who the hell Diallo was. He's the one who won it last uh, year. Cheek Diallo, yeah. Yeah, and he ended up winning the thing. Yeah. So it's like you don't know of these guys and they come out there and they show out. Yeah, but all right, that uh, that wraps up the hoops talk for tonight. Uh, last week at the end of the show, we were discussing the Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers that was announced earlier that day, and the trade that we talked about, or the multiple trades, because the, the Dodgers had made two trades reportedly that day, and I stress on reportedly. Yeah, because that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened? It just they, wasn't the people that we thought. Yeah, basically the trade, to be included. the trades didn't go down the way they had been originally reported. So the new trade goes like this. The Dodgers still receive Mookie Betts and David Price and all the cash that the Red Sox were going to give them to help offset the cost of David Price's contract. But they also get the pitching prospect that was supposed to go to the Red Sox, uh, Bruce Dar Gratterall. They get outfielder. That was from the Twins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gratterall's from the, the Twins. They get outfielder Luke Rayleigh and a 2020 competitive round B draft pick, which I don't even know what that means because the MLB draft is so fucking confusing. Well, there's multiple rounds. and There's like 40 rounds. Multiple days. Yeah. Can't just be easy like the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. All right. The Red Sox still get Alex Verdugo, but additionally, they also get Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong, which were prospects for the Dodgers. And then the Twins get Kenta Maeda still from the Dodgers, and then they get catcher uh, Yair Camarago and Cash from the Dodgers. But the reason this whole trade got changed was all because the Red Sox did not like what they saw from Bruce Dark Gratterall's physical because he had... Uh, he's had Tommy John surgery in the past, and Boston fans were wildly outspoken after the the deal had been announced, even before it was official. But all the MLB insiders, uh, the equivalents of like Woj and Schefter, to the MLB world, were announcing the deal being agreed upon, and it just and Boston fan, their voices have a huge impact. Well, on listen, that city, they were sport. The Red Sox fans were pissed off that. The Red Sox weren't like the Red Sox front office decided they were going to trade Mookie Betts. Yeah, because it's still kind of a head scratcher. 
I mean, listen, Boston's a, a hey, major but, market team. Hey, the they Dodgers, shouldn't be. They shouldn't be acting like this. They're acting no. like a small market team. But Boston fans were wildly outspoken about how lopsided this deal was because they were giving up arguably the second best baseball player in baseball right now in Mookie Betts, and then David Price, who's a former Cy Young winner, but obviously the contract he hasn't lived up to the contract that he signed even with winning the World Series with the Red Sox in 2018. And almost for nothing, too. You get Verdugo, who's not bad, but he's no Mookie Betts. Right, and he also has a back problem and some off-the-field stuff. Yeah, he was stuff. injured this year, too, at the yeah. end. So the the Boston fans were, were so pissed off at how lopsided this deal was, they let the Red Sox front office have it. As they should. And the Red Sox front office gave in to their fans and basically demanded that the deal be reworked and they didn't want Gratterall anymore. They wanted more compensation in return. And ultimately they figure it all out. Gratterall ends up on the Dodgers, which in my opinion is totally okay with me because I saw a video of this guy on Twitter yesterday thrown for the twins, I believe last year in one of their later, uh, one of their later August games. And it was five pitches, all hundred plus mile an hour like pitches and he was painting the corners like a fucking Picasso. This guy looks nasty. And that's what they need too. They really need to bolster up that pitching yeah, uh, and roster. The reason why Boston wanted more compensation was because they originally were looking at Gratterall as a starter, but after they saw what they saw in the medical stuff, they were like, ah, no, he's probably going to be a reliever for us. So they wanted more compensation and, if this guy's projected as a reliever, that's exactly what the Dodgers need. And I mean, the that, video I saw bullpen, yesterday that bullpen needs to give you know was some nasty, nasty stuff. And I mean, if he's hit, I mean, he was hitting 100, 101 easy. Now, if if you were the Red Sox, though, do you see this as a reason to let go of Betts because he was he is supposed to be a free agent at the end of the season? Now, over the years, they had been giving him extensions. You know, a little extension here or there. He wants like four hundred plus million dollars, and the Red Sox didn't want to give it to him, so, so they wanted to trade him to get something in return. That's what I'm saying. You don't want him to just walk, and you get nothing, right? So you, so if you're the Red Sox, you hear it from your fans, but you guys at least got something in return. But you're the fucking Red Sox. You won the yeah. World Series two years ago. You that's, should not be acting like a small market team. That's what's a head scratcher in this still. That's that, what's so confusing. But that's why Boston fans were so pissed about this. So yeah, because you put it right. Two years ago, you won the World Series. Yeah, cheating, cheating or not. Yeah, cheating or not, that's a different story. But if if you won the World Series two years ago, you want to still advance with that score. This guy going was forward. Mookie Betts in 2018 was the first player to win AL like an MVP, a Silver Slugger, the batting title, and a World Series all in the same year. Like, and you get rid of him for Verdugo. He's, he's the second best player in MLB behind Mike Trout. Well, if you're the Dodgers, you don't care. You took this trade. No, listen, hey. Huge I'm, upgrade from Verdugo, and then Price, he could be obviously better than Maeda. So I'm sorry. Is that, if, you're, if you're a Dodger fan, you're happy with this. Oh, I'm over the fucking moon about this trade. Yeah, we shouldn't then, be, yeah, if you, yeah, you should not be complaining about Boston. They screwed up. Let them screw up. No, I'm not complaining about Boston. I'm just trying to give some perspective. Yeah, no, no. I wasn't saying you. I'm saying the, the Dodger fans oh, and, and the, the Sox fans. Yeah, I got you. Um, but... The other deal we talked about, which was kind of linked to all of this, was the deal that would have sent Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to the Angels. But because of all the drama and the length of time that it took to rework the deal between the Dodgers, Twins, and the Red Sox. 
Well, the Angels were pissed about the uh, right about the, the Angels, deal being so slow. The Angels owner Artie Moreno decided to call off the trade between the Dodgers and Angels because of how much time the Twins, Red Sox, and Dodgers were taking on reworking that deal. And ultimately, because the Angels called off this deal, it's ultimately what landed us Gratterall again. And you still have Peterson. Well, I honestly think he's going to be traded. I think ultimately... Now he's in a weird spot. Listen, he's going to report in spring, spring training. But he won't he, be there by the end of the season. I don't think he's going to be there by the end of the season, no. Absolutely not. So it's it's interesting how this all played out. Yeah, because the Dodgers were already favorites to win the NL West. But now this they did this... The, the projections came out for win totals for the MLB last year, or for this year. They came out yesterday. The Dodgers won 105 or 106 games last year. They're projected to win 103 this year. The next best team in the ML, uh, in the NL, I believe it was the Mets. They're projected to win 89 games. Jeez. That's how Oof. big of a difference this bets price trade is for the Dodgers, who were already projected to be the best team in the National yeah, League they once didn't again. Even, they didn't even need bets. Per se, to be up there. No, listen, they got two MVPs in the outfield every but, day again. But they made this for a straight-up World Series run. Yeah. It, they they want to get back there. It is all or nothing. The way the season ended against the Nationals last season and then losing two years in a row and getting cheated out of maybe two World Series in a oh, row. Yeah, that, that's definitely, already, that's definitely already one. Uh, heartbreaking in itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are all in. They have to be. I feel like time is taking for them in the sense where, like, the the city wants a World Series. You've been there they don't two want years. A World Series. Have... We need a World Series. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, they. All right. Fine. They they need a World Series, but you've been there two years in a row. You know, no, three, almost three. Almost three. And unfortunately, you didn't make it three years in a row. And then, the, besides the cheating thing, you've lost two in a row. Yeah. So that's they're all in basically. Yeah. And then today, officially, official, official, official. Mookie Betts and David Price were introduced yep. at Dodger Stadium earlier today. And that just leads me right into the shout-out as we we close the show. I'm just shouting out David Price and Mookie Betts. Welcome to the Dodgers and welcome to L.A., fellas. Yeah. Can I give Peterson a shout-out if, uh, if I still have his signed ball and he hasn't gotten traded yet? I'm going to keep that. Yeah, and when he gets traded, if you right, don't then. want that ball uh, anymore, maybe, I, maybe can, can get rid I, will, I, I will take it. Maybe we could sell it for some cash, you know? Or you could just give it to me. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what I make of it after. All right. Well, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachalki, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.